0: lose the cape podcast episode 132 well hey hey mamas welcome to another episode of the lose the cape podcast i am your host alexa bigwarf and with me today i will have my co-host nancy cavalonis and we have a special guest laura lyles reagan so we will tell you all about laura at the beginning of the interview a few things to note we are getting ready to start the kickoff for our launch countdown to the lose the cape third book lose the cape ain't nothing but a teen thing all about what you parents can expect as you move towards the tween or teen phase since that's where Carrie and I are at with our oldest kids right now. So it's been a lot of fun putting this together, getting all kinds of different advice. Laura is one of our contributors, and she is a an expert when it comes to dealing with and handling teens and tweens. So we had a great time picking her brain, talking about different things. Um, in terms of what's new in the Lose the Cape world, we have been moving our um, podcast to doing live interviews on Facebook on Wednesdays, when Facebook is um, playing nicely with us, we've had some problems with technology and getting getting it to broadcast properly. So regardless of whether it works on Facebook or not, we download the audio, we strip out everything that we hope you don't want to hear and <laughs> post it as the actual podcast episode a week later. So if you want to join us on Facebook on Wednesdays, we're trying to nail down a time slot, but, it, but doing it live a lot of times depends on um, speakers' availability. So we basically offer them between the windows of 10 and 1 Eastern time on Wednesdays. And uh, we're trying to get better about posting the night before so that you know when they're going to be there. But if it's a topic of interest, it's a great way for you to be able to come in and actually ask questions of our guests and um, participate in the conversation. That's where we're trying to go anyway. And our book club is uh, Girl, Wash Your Face. This month is the book that we're reading. We will do that live on Facebook as well, the last Wednesday of the month. So if you haven't gotten your copy, go grab a copy, go download it, go get it From the library, whatever, read it. And we hope you'll come join us for the live book club on the Lose the Cape Facebook page on the last Wednesday of the month. Okay, without further ado, here is our special guest, Laura Lyles Reagan. Okay, so a couple announcements of announcements. We have some fun stuff going on. Uh, Not so fun. You may have noticed the absence of Aubrey in the last few um, episodes, and she has decided to take some time to focus on her family. So she is not going to be co-hosting for now. Hopefully she will come back to us, but the positive side of that is that I get to have Nancy, who you all know as my sidekick here anyway, as our co-host. So once we, um, once we finish up with the announcements, I'm going to let Nancy introduce herself super quickly because this is her first time officially co-hosting, so it's very exciting Ooh. for all of us. Uh, the next announcement that I want to make is that next week we will be doing our live book club. This is our second month doing book club, and this, uh, this month we are reading Brene Brown's book, Braving the Wilderness, so we'll pop that link in the show notes um, and in the... Uh, right here i'm just going to copy and paste while i'm thinking about it grab your copy of the book we will meet here next week we'll do this live we'll chit chat about the book again like we did last time which was a lot of fun and hopefully people will join in on the discussion it's our way to be able to still have a book club without having to get dolled up and leave our house so (laughs) (laughs) the busy mom's book club right
1: yeah there you go And it's after 12, so you can drink wine if you want to. It is after 12 on a Wednesday.
0: (laughs) I mean, wine Wednesday, right? Oh my gosh. So many people are probably (laughs)
1: alcoholics,
0: weirdos. Um, All right. Other thing, the last announcement that I have for you guys is sponsorship message. And we are proudly sponsored by the Women in Publishing Summit, which is also run by us. <laughs> but that's okay. That's okay. Uh we are featuring 44 women who are writers, um publishers, uh graphic artists, editors, um marketing experts, marketers Yep, exactly. Featuring basically women who've really been successful at any part of bringing a book into the world and selling it. So um, we're super excited. This runs from March 5th through the 9th. We are in the early bird stage right now of registration and it's a free conference. And if you register now, you get my latest book, Ditch the Fear and Just Write It. I'm popping that... um, that link into our to our comments as well. So we hope you'll register for that. It's phenomenal. You can check out the agenda online. It's just going to be really, really, really good information for anyone who has either published a book and is looking for more tips on how to market more successfully, or how to sell their book, or how to make more money from their book, or from someone who's just thinking about it and wants to learn more about different avenues for publishing, uh, for working with editors. I mean. I've been doing this for five years and I tell you, I learned something from every single interview. So there's just a ton of stuff and we're really excited to feature these women in Women's History Month because they are kicking butt and deserve to receive some um, recognition for all that they do. Okay. Now we can finally get into the meat of our program, which is our interview with Laura Lyles Reagan. We just call her the teen expert. Um, she talks a lot about uh, creating, co-creating relationships with teen. Uh, parents and teens parent culture versus teen culture um all these fun types of things so she's known <laughs> as the, the fun and i have a 10 year old almost 11 year old so i know how fun this is <laughs> <laughs> laura is known as the teen and parent relationship whisperer laura. <laughs> She helps teens and parents build positive, effective, more satisfying relationships, which help teens grow the skills they need for adulthood. Her book, How to Raise Respectful Parents, Better Communication for Teen and Parent Relationships, is published by Moonshine Cove Publishing. The book was a 2017 Best Book Finalist. So speaking of talking to successful authors, here we go, uh, and won the 2017 Pinnacle Book Achievement Award. That's fantastic. Fantastic. How to Raise Respectful Parents Uniquely Provides Sample Conversations um, for, with Teens and Parents, along with Exercises to Practice New Co-Creation Skills on hot, hot Topics that Affect Adolescents. She also has two adult daughters, and she will be a grandmother soon. Are you a grandmother already? Is this a No, this a, not July? yet. July. This okay. This summer. <laughs> So she, uh, she and her daughters survived and rolled <laughs> roll-eye eras of the teen years together, and they thrived through single parenthood, family illness, and other exciting drama. We're super <laughs> excited to have Laura here, and um, thank you so much for being a guest with us today. Um, this is part of our our roll-in series to the release of our latest book, Lose the Cape, Ain't Nothing But a Teen Thing, which is a book that is uh, meant to prepare us for those of us who will have tweens, older (laughs) older children that are about to hit this age for what is about to smack us in the face. Because (laughs) funny stories and good stories and uh, experts like Laura providing insight and tips and information so we're just we're really excited to talk about this topic um Carrie Rivera my co-author from Lose the Cape is coming back to co-edit the book with me and she has a tween as well um so we are super excited to bring this new book into our world okay that's enough of me now thank you Laura so much what did we miss what haven't we hit in this (laughs) <laughs> oh, you hit it all! You made me sound so good. Thank you. <laughs> it's a privilege to be with you. Well, thank you. And I forgot to let Nancy um, adra- um introduce herself. So, well, it's okay. <laughs> Who is
1: I don't this like other to person? talk about myself? She doesn't like to talk about <laughs> herself. I'm um, well, like Alexa said. Um, I'm her sidekick. I'm a virtual. <laughs> I have my own virtual assistant business. Um, I work from home here in beautiful <laughs> Connecticut. It's like a summer day here today. I know. It's going to be back to being February. <laughs> um, I have three children. Um, they are nine, seven, and four. Oh. So I am <laughs> slowly approaching those three years. Um, and I'm like, so excited to be co-hosting with you. I never thought in a million years I'd be doing this. And, well, um, yeah. <laughs> you know? And um, I think that's enough about me.
0: <laughs> about you. all right Laura okay so h- how did this become your thing are you uh, uh, and uh, like wait are you a are you a therapist why I, I just read your bio no, no,
2: I'm a sociologist right. by <laughs>
0: sociologist
2: sociologist by train, which is a little bit different pair of glasses to put on uh we look at group interaction and how the groups function you know society I guess you could call it um impacts the individuals so that's a little bit different than kind of going inward and you know doing this psychoanalysis portion of it but you know i come to this honestly i've done youth development my whole life um first in mexico city as a substance abuse counselor with teens that had substance abuse issues and parents you know struggling with that a uh, very real reality And then I lived in Mexico City, so I am bilingual, and my book's available in Spanish, too. And I do parenting workshops here in deep South Texas uh, in both English and Spanish. So um, I get to hear it all, enjoy it all, and I've lived it all, more importantly, with my uh, two grown daughters who are quite their own person.
0: Yeah, (laughs) I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) So when did you decide to write your book and, and, and how I I love it that you come from the perspective, how to raise respectful parents, because I think so many people approach it in the opposite direction where they say, how do I make my teen respect me?
2: Right. Right. Yeah. And that usually comes from a perspective of control, you know, and we don't have control of anything. (laughs) we We can deal with structure we can offer structure, um, but as you well know, you know, the toddler's first words are almost, maybe mama, maybe "dada," maybe bye-bye, and then it's no. No, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so they are their own wonderful little people from the beginning, and our job is to uh, support their journey and get help them uh, find the, the skills and the resources they need to grow to be successful adults. And so the parent coaching that I do, Um, comes from that perspective, it's not permissive parenting, and that's what some folks kind of get worried about, because you are still the adult, you still know more than even the smart aleck teen does, um, because you've lived longer, you know, you've had more experience, and more life uh, lessons, and they actually need that, even though they may be defended against it, they need it, Right. But they are their own persons, and they're going to process the world in their own way. So I take it from a cultural perspective, and the book is is fun. It's always been in me to write it, um, probably since my own adolescence, about how to interpret um, adult culture. And so it's written to teens with parents in mind that will read with or uh, skim through. It lends itself to a good kindle or nook skimming as well (laughs) (laughs) it's not not long it's not long at all um but it's meant to kind of be a reference to teens what would happen if you landed on the planet of culture and didn't have the experience so what would you do and it gives some tips about how to relate to adults um in a way that gets your needs met
0: Um, what do you think that the biggest struggle that parents have when it comes to communicating with their teens?
2: Oh, biggest struggle, biggest struggle. Um, I have a couple in mind. One is approaching, uh, from fear, you know, uh, teens may not be processing the world the same way we do. And they'll throw something in, whether it's for shock value or simply because it's shocking to them and we react easily out of, you know, fear and concern. Uh, and the greatest gift that we have as parents is our awareness, our ability to slow down, you know, breathe, uh, try to get to that Zen mindful place before we respond, and, um, and then when we do respond, um, have it be about uh, inviting them to engage with you about solutions as opposed to kind of a top-down, I know best mentality. And why does that work? Um, Is because that's pretty much all teens are gonna respond to, (laughs) you know? uh, Dr. Shefali of the conscious parenting movement that uh, Oprah uh, says in her parenting career talks about um, this is a generation of co-creation. This is a generation that will only tolerate being affirmed and and being participatory in relationships. And I really subscribe to that. Um, They learn so early from everything, you know, school, social media, everything, about um, all the influences that they have to negotiate. And there's no way on the planet that we can even conceive of what they're gonna have to deal with. You know, in our lifetimes, the technology advancements have been exponential. Who knows what they're going to deal with? So the best thing we can possibly do to equip them is, is this respectful communication tool set. It's what's going to help them in the business world. It's what's going to help them relate in college with professors. Um, and the best place to practice that is with you, you know, you're the first adult in their life. So, um, it's, it's an opportunity rather than a way to, um, you know, relate defense to defense. You get to relate person to person.
0: Yeah, I, I say I would guess that the because I said so era is long behind us. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't even work with my six-year-old anymore. I mean, it, wow. it just you, they need to know why. And yeah, yeah to a yeah. degree, I can under, I can understand if I really think about it. Like when somebody asks me to do something that I don't understand. I'm a lot more willing to do it if they take the time to try to explain it to me. Right, you know, right. to explain why it's important, why we're doing it some way, um, than if I'm just like, just just go do it, just do it, just do it because I said so. <laughs> right. yeah. Well, think That's
1: about hard. think about it
2: again. I come from it from sociology, and we look at eras and um, lifespan issues and. You know, the because I said so mentality worked great on the farm. There was so much danger and so much work to do that because I said so was efficient, Mm -hmm. you know. But we've got the information age now. So we need a different way to parent. We we just have to.
1: I definitely see that, you know, with my kids. I have such a different relationship with my kids than I did with my own parents. Yeah. Because, you know, I mean, some of the things, the conversations that I have with my kids or the way we inter- interact with each other, I never would have had those interactions with my parents. Right. Yeah. But at the same time, I can feel like my parents have really influenced the way that I'm raising my kids. And um, actually, in your essay, to the book, um, you talk about um, parent culture versus teen culture. Right. And. Um, so, what you said about parent culture among the my dad has six children.
0: So, I get a lot of
1: parenting advice, whether I want it or not. You know, but, um, one of the things that he, um, always tells me is that, um, we're, re- we're not raising children, but future adults. Oh. Right. Right. And and I and and so when I read you saying about how like, you know, that's the difference between parent culture and teen culture, that's definitely comes from a parent culture. Yes. Yes. You know, this whole idea that you're not, you know, that you're raising children to be productive members of society. Right. Right. You know. But even if your teenager doesn't see it that way. <laughs> so like they just want you to leave them alone. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: you know, it's, it's, it's really interesting because I don't, I don't know. I don't remember communicating effectively at all with my parents in my teen years. Like, well, I mean, there was a lot for it. My dad was active duty military and uh, we were in the Gulf war. So he was gone for a year of my life. And then he was stationed in a different place than where we lived. So all in all, I spent 7th Grade till eleventh grade with my dad living in a different place, and then he came back my senior year. And my mom was busy working all the time, and so she wasn't around very much. So we like, I I joke that we were raised by wolves because our parents. (laughs) But you know, so most of the time our conversations were—they were basically like survival conversations do we have food? <laughs> you, right, know, right. you know, what's happening? Uh, where are you going to be today? And and that was it. So like I'm, I'm embarking upon a whole, I mean, just it's, it's so crazy different to me because I have to be able to figure out how to have open conversations with my children about things that my parents never touched, <laughs> right. like sex and drugs and, I mean, I just remember all the, the
1: violence
0: that's the like guns, happening in the world the violence. right now. Yes, you all know? of it.
1: And like, you know, I mean, you know, the sexuality thing especially comes up so much earlier. Not necessarily like um, activity, but just all this stuff around gender awareness and sure. all of this stuff. Like, I never had those conversations with my parents.
0: So true. You know? And it's like-
1: crazy. It's not only
2: that they're exposed earlier to things, it's that you also have to um, equip them, you know, to deal with that. What are the values that they, you know, you want to um, have them be involved in? You know, tolerance, uh, patience with others that they, <laughs> kind of, you know, that they um they may not experience but that it's okay for people to be different than you you know those are conversations that are really relevant today yeah yeah so
0: mm-hmm. let's talk about the communication part you talk about um how to speak <laughs> teen <laughs> so how to speak teen yeah. right, right. How, how do how does one learn how to speak <laughs> <teen>? <laughs>
2: Well, I think first and foremost, you listen, you know, that's, that's the key to the whole thing is hearing from where they're coming from because they're getting bombarded with messages, school, friends, social media. Um, it's, it's huge what they're getting hit with. And even if you are a parent that believes that they are protected or you're protective, um, you still cannot escape the fact that, that the messaging from outside is is exponentially large. Mm-hmm. So to listen first and hear, hey, what do you think about um you know what you see on the news about the shooting? Um what who's your best friend? Who do you hang out with at lunch? You know, those are those are called open-ended questions and they invite conversation that you can't answer with a yes or a no and I'm fine, right. <laughs> you know, how was school today, oh, fine,
0: right,
2: <laughs> you know, how'd you go on the test, oh, good, you know, <laughs> open-ended questions, leave that, leave space to have explanation, and so when you are approachable like that and invite that kind of conversation, um, if your kids are talking about the little things, they're, they, they're more likely to talk about the bigger
1: things
0: down the road. Yeah, I agree.
1: Yeah.
0: I think yeah, I agree
1: um, with that. I mean, sometimes I have really great conversations with my kids that started from just like a little question about what happened in school today. Yeah. You know? And then like they start telling me this other stuff and I'm like, oh, you know, and then like, you know, I start to pick up on like other things that are happening in the background that they're not really telling me and then I know to ask them about it.
0: Right. Right.
1: Yeah. I but think small stuff definitely matters.
0: Yeah. Um, well, I'd love to hear your opinion on this as well. And that is like, it's that it, you can't, it has to start young. Like, I think one of the best things that we've done, and my husband and I joke around about we've made, we've done a lot of things wrong in parenting, but what, but one thing, two things we have done right is our kids will eat just about anything anywhere because we threw down that gauntlet and had the battle when they were little, that they were going to eat what we were eating. And and so we've, we've done that right. And we applaud ourselves for that because it makes such a big difference, <laughs> yeah, especially in social settings, but that we got right. And then the other thing that we got right is that we have dinner together as a family every night. And we do try to have these conversations. And I think it's so important. And last night was, <laughs> last night was classic of like, I have a 10 year old an eight year old and a six year old. And to your point on open ended questions, what we'll do is we'll go around the table. Sometimes my youngest carries like, to change it up to um, what do you hate the most, which I always think is funny, but <laughs> usually it's what were your wins today, and everybody gets to go around and talk about a win. But right. last night was we do that also? Yeah, and it's great. We, they we really do that do. also we wind up having big yeah. conversations.
1: I eat dinner with my kids almost every night, even with my husband not being here, you know, because he's across the country, and we still eat dinner together every night, and they're so used to. Go that's going around the table saying and sharing about your day that they will do it without any prompting uh-huh right. you know like apple first okay right. I, right. you know which means they enjoy it yeah, yeah.
2: That they enjoy you
1: it right? yeah and i really you know that's like one thing that i didn't have too much of so i went not just because both my parents work they work late we had dinner together maybe like once a week or something, but usually it was just all the kids eating dinner while my parents got settled in after a long day of work or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. But um, I love I the
0: family
2: dinner. It's very, yeah, it's worlds. yeah. <clears throat> go ahead, and to, and to your point, Alexa, you know, because you set that up as your family structure and your family culture, it's going to be so much easier that you don't bring cell phones to the table when you're a teen, you know. As no devices yeah because you've already established that you know and so there's no fight
1: it's just the culture that you've created early (laughs) i won't even let my kids like they want to take their devices to like restaurants and stuff i'm like no they stay home. no devices when we're eating together when we're being together at the ceremony you know you have your time to go to your corner you know but right now we're all together
2: But that's a concern that many parents have as, of teens, you know, how, how do I deal with the digital uh, reality in my life, in my house, in my world, because it's their crack cocaine, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's their instant access to their peer group, um, and that's the whole business of adolescence, right, is that you move from your uh, family being your group, and again, I'm speaking as a sociolo- sociologist, to your peers being your group and that's your bridge to adulthood. So you really do want them to do that, otherwise they'd never leave home and move out. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, but you have to then, um, you know, be able to think about how you want to create that culture of involvement of media and, and also family time. And I love what y'all are saying because you're saying you've established family patterns early and you have private time for devices and family time is engagement with
0: us. So if somebody hasn't established that routine and all of a sudden they're like, "Oh my gosh I have a thirteen year old that doesn't communicate with me and we don't have these patterns in place, is it too late or how can they it? Fix- absolutely
2: not I mean they're still with you and they're certainly with you for for the foreseeable teen years right um and I think you just approach it honestly you know the more honest we can be with our kids, the more authentic we can be with our own struggles you know um and simply say, I miss you. You know, one of the the skill sets in in the our communication uh, uh, skills in the book is iMessages. And it's a way to simply share your heart so that you're relating as a person rather than an authority figure. Um, not Because the authority is given. You're the parent and you know more. And um, even if they're in rebellion against that, you know, it's still the reality. You know, you're the one holding the job. You're the one with the the money, you're the one making, being able to vote, you know, you simply know more and you do more in the world. So accept that reality and say, I miss you and I want time with you. So when can we talk about a way, I have this problem, you know, with us, so how can we together solve um, making a connection for the, you know, for the foreseeable future? And usually teens will come up with great ideas about what they're willing to do. Um, And And approaching it that way helps them work on problem solving skills. And one of the um, little tricks I do with my coaching clients is just coach your team. You know, what are three solutions to our problem together? Well, our problem is from my vantage point, I don't feel like I have enough face time with you, (laughs) you know? So what are our three solutions for us? Well, we can eat the dinner without our devices. Uh, We could go out on a, mom, teen, date, maybe once a week, you know, they think through what that, what that might look like. Um, And then you pick one of those three, try it out, report back in a week, see if it worked for you. Um, It's a real simple way to engage them in problem solving.
0: You know, it's, it's funny, I think that more than anything, people just want to be heard and they want to feel appreciated. And I think that's something that we take for granted, like how... I don't want to use the word easy because it's not easy if you don't have good communications to just build them. But the whole thing on like listening and making them feel appreciated. And I I like that approach a lot. I think that that's, you know, who doesn't want to feel loved and appreciated and listened to.
2: Right. Right. And you're modeling that for them with a potential partner. You're modeling that for their business relationships. You know, that, That emotional intelligence thing is what gets people hired and promoted (laughs) almost more than their uh, actual academic training or experience. So, you know, you're building these skills by actually modeling it. Um, And some parents get trapped by thinking they're giving away their power, but I actually believe it's your standing in your power. To say, I miss you and I want to connect with you, that's one of the most powerful things you can say.
0: Yeah. And I, I don't see that giving away the power because, I mean, it's not like you're saying, oh, you know, do whatever you want to do. You're, you're not giving away the power that way. I mean, just because you're saying that you're open to communicating in a non threatening way with your children doesn't mean that you're, you're like allowing them to, to get away with whatever it is that they want yeah. to do. Right? Right. So, right. right. Well,
1: I mean, I always tell my kids, like my four year old will be like, I could do whatever I want. <laughs> it's like a little, you know, and I tell him, actually, that's true. You can do whatever you want, but you also have to be prepared to accept the consequences right. from doing whatever you want. And he's like, oh. So and then, like, and then he'll like, give me scenarios, like, what would happen if I did this? What would happen if I did this? And I just give it to him straight. I'd like, you'd go to jail if you did that. <laughs> or whatever it is. But I think it's like more important because you know, if they can have autonomy and theoretically they can do whatever they want, anybody can do whatever they want, yeah, you know, we're yeah. a free country, but then you have to be prepared to accept the consequences. Right, right.
2: Yeah, you play, and helping them play it out to its logical conclusion, you know, helps them think of, uh, do that critical thinking skill too, so yeah. that's awesome, that's awesome. Yeah. So
0: one last question that I think is probably a big one for a lot of people, and that is the whole, um, the power struggle and the arguing. So if you get into a cycle where you're, where you are in that power struggle and you're arguing a lot and it's just back and forth and back and forth, what do you do? How do you get out of that? How do you stop the arguing? How do you open up communication? That's just horrific.
2: Right and and it happens to the best of us (laughs) to all of us let me say because that happens when we're relating defense to defense rather than heart to heart and um first of all you can take a break and simply say this isn't working we're going to come back and talk about it later and you be the bigger person you know and lay lay it down right now um you can make an appointment to talk about it later there's the obvious stuff about getting a third party involved and having them to you know Help you with uh, mediation skills. But one of the uh, simple techniques that I use is active listening. You simply repeat the last phrase or the emotion in the sentence that the teen is communicating. So if they're saying, you know, you never listen to me or I can't, I can't do anything. You don't trust me. Mm-hmm. So I hear you saying you feel distrusted. What is there to argue with? No. Well, actually, yeah, Mom, I feel distrusted. Now what? <laughs> you know, and then you can interject one of those open-ended questions again. So, what do you really want? You know, or or what is a what are the three solutions to our problem that we can come up with that are creative right now? You know, it requires you bringing your um, yourself down from what they call that reptile brain, that amygdala that gets involved, (laughs) you know, that flight-fright response. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we have to have the the awareness and presence of mind to step back and go, okay, I can actively listen here. You're feeling frustrated. Got it. Okay. Um, Does that mean you're not trusting me about your needs? You know, whatever it is, and you just simply repeat, psychiatrist makes a gazillion dollars an hour by repeating the last phrase <laughs> that the person <laughs> says back to them, because it's like a mirror. You're holding it up and saying, this is what I'm hearing from you. So I'm hearing you say whatever the feeling word is. You know, yeah. um, it's it's a great um, showstopper. <laughs> yeah.
1: well, anyway. I mean, I have like conversations all the time with my seven-year-old, because she compares herself to her older sister, who is a little bit more mature and responsible right. and she'll say you know she'll say like why and I say straight up I'm like I don't trust you <laughs> <laughs> like, oh you know yeah. I don't trust you that that you will behave appropriately like she wants to stay home alone and I'm like for of all, you said it Something's not happening <laughs> and okay. second of all even if you know even if I did let you stay home alone, like I would never, because I can't trust you. Right. Like, right. Not use, no, to use your head or whatever it is. You know? Sure, sure. Or
2: you know, maybe not make it a judgment call. Maybe just say, yeah, but they could take me to jail for that. Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, you blame it on on the higher, the larger uh, hierarchy. Or sometimes I blow it off and, and say, wouldn't that be fun? You know, if you got to stay home alone and, and you and you get to fantasize about it and remember that movie home alone and all the stuff you got to do by yourself, Wouldn't that be cool? You know, and but you know, it's too bad you can't do that because it's illegal for me to leave you alone, you know? And then,
0: yeah. no questions. <laughs> well, I I'm glad that you provide um some role playing and some and some um uh, what's the word, uh, sample conversations, because, uh, in your book, and let's repeat the name again here, how to raise respectful parents, uh, what, better communication for teen and parent relationships, because, you know, it's, it's interesting. Uh, my husband and I are in family counseling and, um, we actually just, we're, we're still learning how to do this, this exact, what you basically, what you just described, we're basically, uh, went through that this morning and he he our our counselor calls it the sci technique where you soften you clarify and you invite so when you're mm-hmm. having a conversation where and he said a very similar thing to what you just said if somebody's and you can tell that it's it, if they're not ready to talk about it in a way that's productive then table it and come back when you can so that type of thing but he was teaching us this technique that you say you always start with a compliment basically you soften so it'd be like right. if i was talking to my son braden you know i really appreciate how hard you're working in school i'm so glad you made an a on that social studies test or whatever and then but then you go into the the clarify what the issue is on you know but i i'm concerned about your math grade or you know whatever it is and then right. invite them to say then you invite them by saying you know, is there, is there something that I can help you with our, you know, and, and invite them into the conversation to make sure that they understand what you're having. And I, I think that that, that goes along very cl- closely with what you were just saying, but it's hard. My, my point with saying that is that it's a lot harder than you think, especially when you're upset about a situation to, first right. of all, start off with something nice. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Second of all, and I think I messed up on the clarification because you're not supposed to use any you statements.
2: Right. So I right. said
0: your math grades. So, you know, I'd have to figure out a way to, to address the problem without making any, you know, I'm worried about, and I don't even know, I'd have to spend some time thinking about how <laughs> I do it without addressing it with them, right. And then invite them to the discussion with, but um, my whole point is, it takes practice, and it, it does. it's great that you provide sample conversations, and as silly as this sounds, I hate role-playing worse than anything in the world, but if you want to be able to do it well, I mean, to have those sample conversations, maybe with you and your spouse, or one of you pretends to be the child, and one of you is the parent, and you go through the sample conversations and see how it goes, because... That would be entertaining. <laughs> yes. <laughs> For our date night this week, we role-played. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Instead of game night, we're doing this. Right? Um, and I think with teens, that's what's so powerful about engaging them in the process, you know, um teaching them active listening and eye messages because they turn it back on you. Oh yes. my god. <laughs> that's a hard one, but it's also a moment of great joy and pride on my part. You know, I don't want to get my medicine back to me, but At the same time, I'm very proud that they're practicing it, you know. Because I see, I see my girls do it naturally today. (laughs) Um, I'm feeling very frustrated with you, mom, because you're not hearing the You know. Okay. Let me take my medicine.
1: (laughs) uh, These sample conversations in your book, you um, you should should parents um like have this conversation with their kids about um how to like what language to use or is it just for parents to kind of just model um what how what kind of language they should use when they're having these conversations with their kids like can they you know like should parents share these sample conversations it kind of
2: that's that's what the book um is intended to do there's exercises at the end of each chapter at the end of each communication skill and they're intended to be done together okay. um I actually Uh hand hand the the teen the interview about, uh, they interview their parent about how they grew up. And it's it's hopefully an introduction and an open door to see how differently their world was from what they're experiencing. And one of the things I've always told my girls, uh, maybe it's to get, to appease my own mother guilt, is, uh, you know, my job was to improve the model my mom gave me and your job is to improve the model I gave you. You know so we're in a process here and this is a generational thing and I'm not perfect I'm just doing the best I can with what I got yeah, yeah. Well, that's great I
1: actually um, the sample conversation that you put in your essay to the anthology I was laughing a little bit because I have a stepmother and um, we actually have a great relationship I mean growing up we had our moments, but you know overall we have a pretty good relationship but I do remember a time when she had to take me dress shopping (laughs) and um she made me try on she made me try on this dress that I did not like and I think I said this dress makes me look knocked up (laughs) and I think I was like I think I was like 12 or 13 I'm not really sure (laughs) but um she did not like I don't remember what she said, but she was pretty mad when I said that. Right. You know, but it's just funny that that sample competition was in that doll. Probably could have used some practice back in
2: the day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well
0: I I appreciate you taking time out today. This has been a really it's been a fun and very um enlightening conversation as well. I think um, if people have teens that you are struggling with communication, if you are considering, um, if you're considering a teen, if your children are getting close to the teenage years, (laughs) it's too late to send them back, people, but... (laughs) help with this um how to raise (laughs) better communication for teen and parent by laura lyle's reagan and you can find her at laura l reagan that's r-e-a-g-a-n dot com um is is there anything else you'd like to share with us thanks so much for the opportunity and i'm tickled to be in the anthology with you guys it's just
2: great i really appreciate all the work y'all do
0: yeah we're we're excited about it. I think it's gonna be a yeah. lot of fun I think the book is the right mix of um of expert advice with like funny and horror stories from parents
1: <laughs>
0: who aren't ready for it you know right. so, so okay, great. well, thank you so much. I appreciate your time and Bye. we thank will you. To- We will catch y'all next week uh, live on the Facebook page for the Lose the Cape Book Club, which will be on Braving the Wilderness by Brene Brown. Make sure you go get your copy from the library or download it or whatever. And um, hopefully you'll join us to talk about that book next week. Thank you so much. Have a great day.
2: Bye. Thanks, Alexa. Bye. Thanks, Nancy.